The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, first of all. So, so great to see you. Um, this monthly sangha, we're, in a way, we're old friends, and we certainly are spiritual friends, and that we're here to just hear each other, listen to each other, With, uh, with kindness. It's a field, a big field here of kindness. And, um, we do have small groups. So if you are new and you're interested in also joining a smaller group, maybe six, seven people, we get together every other week and we become pretty intimate. We open openly share what's on our hearts, what's in our practice, and um, we get to know each other pretty well just through that deep listening to each other. And people seem to find that after the group meeting is over, that somehow something is shifted in them, something is uh, changed in them for the better, which I hope happens to you today. So um, what I'd like to talk about today and meditate about is this very vital point, very important point um, that we are not our thoughts, we are not our feelings. We are not our bodies. We are awareness. And that our thoughts, our feelings, our sensations, it's, it's reorienting our perspective from a subject-object perspective, like it's me experiencing my body or me seeing my thoughts reorienting this dualistic perspective which is very helpful in settling the mind you know to have an object to settle the mind on and we and we're the subject but in actual fact there is no subject there is no object everything is occurring within this awareness. And when we adopt this perspective, it's very freeing. It's very liberating. Because instead of identifying like with this thought or with this me that's seeing the thought and I have to make this a better thought or I have to get rid of this negative emotion, We're just allowing. We're not discriminating. We're like the sun, the open, wide sun that is warming the entire sky. We're not discriminating against 
a bird that flies through the sky or a cloud. Or like the ocean where we don't, we don't discriminate waves. We just allow waves. It's not a good wave or a bad wave. It's just a wave and it, everything dissolves back into the ocean of awareness. Uh, one of the participants in our program sent me this, uh, this thing is called the four faults of awareness. First of all, it's so close. You can't see it. You're all aware right now, right? Simply awake. Just that simple awakeness is here all the time. So simple that we can't see it. So close. So deep. So profound. That you can't fathom it. So simple, you can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's just, it's just too simple. And so good. The warmth of this awareness is so good. We can't accept it. We can't accept just this, this, this nature. This nature that is trying so hard to make us happy. So let's try something. Uh, If you could assume a loosely upright posture. And relax. Just relax and be effortless. Relax your throat. Relax your shoulders. Relax your hips. Relax your legs. Be aware of your face. And allow the warmth of the sun to melt your face. And imagine yourself in a situation where you have no worries. Like maybe you're lying on a beach in the sun. 
is shining down on you. And the ocean, the waves, you can hear them gently coming over you. Or you're in your bathtub, warm and safe. And relax your heart. My bird is making a little background noise. And maybe take a deep breath and come into the body. And as if there was a curtain over your heart, and your heart is like the sun, pull the curtain aside. And let the sun, the sun of your awareness, shine boundlessly in front of you, radiating forever in front of you. the warm accepting awareness of the sun that warms the entire sky in front of you and to the right of you. And to the left of you. the vast open awareness warming the boundless space behind you. Above you, the sun is shining above you of kindness, of awareness. Without trying to be kind, just letting it shine. Natural. Awareness is just so natural, so simple below you. The sun is shining in all directions boundless space. And now shift your perspective a little bit to see if you can just become the sky. 
and relax. And from this accommodating awareness, accommodating everything, including everything, it includes the sensations of your body. Or noticing the sensations of your breathing or other parts of your body. As manifestations of this awareness. As included not separate from. Just with ease and openness. Being with sensations. Not separate from. But included in. And feel the freedom of this perspective. Sensations can do whatever they do. It doesn't matter much. And now turn to hearing what you hear. as part of this awareness. You could say a display of this awareness.
be the ocean. And I know this isn't your inclination at all, but just for a minute or two, just could you open your eyes? Normally we... I think it's me in here seeing objects out there. But just remind yourself the objects are in here. Another aspect of awareness. Take a close your eyes again. Awareness has been described as a candle that illuminates. And in some way it illuminates itself too. Some way we, we know that we are the candle. Illuminating. Sights and sounds and sensations. And thoughts. doesn't matter if we get lost in thoughts. Or if our thoughts are dull or agitated. They're part of the awareness. And we give them freedom. including them and awareness they can come and go good thoughts bad thoughts from this perspective it doesn't matter from this true perspective Poisonous thoughts can be helpful in that they make us alert 
as long as we don't identify with them. Aware of emotion, feeling. Maybe you're feeling something. Maybe you're not feeling much, doesn't matter. Strong feelings can make us alert. Sometimes awareness is described as a fire. And strong feelings are like throwing sticks on the fire. The fire wishes up. Can be a great aid to awareness. To see awareness more clearly. And then the fire comes back to normal. It always does. But we don't need to miss the wish to change anything. To protect ourselves from anything. To get rid of anything. Just be aware and allow feelings to be free, to liberate themselves like the waves rise up and dissolve back into the ocean. Strong emotions, the big waves, or water, too. We don't have to change our thoughts, improve our thoughts, get rid of bad thoughts. They liberate themselves. Instantly, everything that we're aware of instantly liberates itself. Can't even find it. What great freedom this is. We don't have to control anything. Just be the sky. Be space.
This is from Mifon. Do not alter the mind, but allow it to settle as it is. And in such a state, look naturally within. There will unfold an experience that is indescribable, which has no fixed character as either this or that, and the natural radiance of which will never cease. This is the genuine state, the natural condition beyond conception. It is the insight born of natural luminosity. Like a mountain, left as it is. As you simply abide by that natural state, there is neither meditation nor distraction without suppressing, cultivating, evaluating, or analyzing. Allow yourself to settle fully into the genuine state. This is natural concentration, uncorrupted by the bonds of deliberate action, abiding in the yoga that is the king of space. This is meditation, like the ocean, left as it is. As you remain like this, any thoughts and impressions that stir within and any appearances that occur without should neither be prevented nor encouraged, but left as they are, as long as you do not stray from this natural state. Whatever unfolds will bring neither benefit nor harm without concern for good or bad acceptance or rejection. This is appearances left as they are. As you make progress, all that appears and exists will become a single all-embracing sphere of aware emptiness within which everything is entirely perfect and complete. This happens effortlessly, is spontaneous. Any striving to adopt or abandon simply fades away. Hopes and fears are no more. This is the fruition awareness left as it is. Liberation will be swiftly attained.
Okay, you can open your eyes now. My screen is kind of stuck, but I assume you can all hear me okay. Yeah. Good. So, how was that for you? Love to hear your your share, if, if there's something that uh, you'd like to offer to the group, please go ahead and just unmute yourself. And David, where yeah. can we get a copy of the reading you just gave to us? I'll send it out to everyone if you like that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I found it to be very expansive, calming, connecting. Great. Very lovely. Thank you so much. Did it help you distinguish awareness from thinking? I think so. Mm Mm-hmm. It was definitely, yeah, there was definitely a, a distinction. Okay. Anybody else? I am in the midst of a construction zone right now, both in my condo and outside. So, um, it was very interesting going back and forth between your guided meditation and um, just the awareness of the noises around me. But thank you. I, um, I did the best I could. <laughs> So I don't know if you can add any more detail. I was kind of stuck on the beginning about I'm looking out at my hummingbird feeder. What I'm seeing that object out there is actually that I think is out there is actually in my brain, the part of my brain that puts that image together and puts words to it. But it's still out there also. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I can touch it. We we also we verify that sometimes. Is yes. that is that an optical illusion or is that really there? It's part of our sense field, that's for sure. So I'm not. 
I mean, so, uh, so it's part. So it's from a perspective of everything is part of a is there's a field of awareness. So it's not me and my lamp, but my lamp is part of this field of awareness, which includes the lamp. So. Oh, I see. So, okay. So it's not that it doesn't exist. It's just there's no. more connection, yeah, more connection it, than I re- it, really it's, realized. It's from a, pers- it's shifting the perspective from me seeing the lamp to including the, it's an inclusiveness of everything into awareness. So we have to find this for ourselves. This could just be a beginning for you to sense yeah. it. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, one thing that I experienced of, I appreciate your meditation so much and your teaching, David. Good. And, um, it gives words to experiences, uh, from deep meditation and insights that are, you know, so difficult to put into words. And just the combination of that, you know, the actual experience and deep meditation and insight with the words you the words of from this reading um well it just describes it so well of and together that is it's very profound thank you and you know this point if we If we, if we familiarize ourselves, recognize awareness, familiarize ourselves, abide in this awareness more and more, small moments, many times, all through the day, more and more, becomes more of a habit mm-hmm. to us rather than the subject, object, habit that is so part of us to let that soften and and open and be. Mm-hmm. It's so freeing because we're not grabbing hold. That's not me. That emotion is not me. That thought is not me. It's okay. You know, I've talked before about welcoming our monster, our beautiful monsters. Everything is beautiful in a way. Our greed. It's just, it's energy that arises. There are practices to try to get rid of greed. We might get rid of greed in one situation, like by seeing a a woman, if you're a man, seeing a woman is disgusting inside, a a toilet inside. (laughs) Might get rid of, you know, some sexual thing, but it doesn't get rid of the greed. The greed will still be there. So just, but it's okay. It comes and it goes like waves in the ocean. From this perspective, it's so liberating. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems to me it's, that that's one of my confusion is to say it's not me. It's more like it's not my own, the only me. I'm, I'm, I'm way much bigger than that. 
Yes, that's correct. But, but it is me. That's me, and that's me, and that's me. Exactly. <laughs> but the freedom is letting all the me's come and go. And yeah. Not grabbing hold of one me. Okay. Okay, anybody else? So I am um, was very inspired by that and the, the inclusivity of everything was inspired. And I um, haven't written very many um, haikus, but I wrote a haiku from your reading. Oh, and it says, we are the candle flickering. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, luminous, it is. Thank you. (laughs) I love this last, the fourth fault. Of awareness. I'll read them all again. So close you can't see it. So deep you can't fathom it. So simple you can't believe it. And so good you can't accept it. We can't accept how good it is. How good we are. How warm we are. How loving we are. How kind we are. From this all-inclusive perspective, you know, we're all, we're all, um, interrelated. We're all one. We're, you are me. Your happiness is my happiness. Your sadness is my sadness. There's something that resonates that's true about that in our experience. There's something very authentic and real and natural about compassion, about mudita, appreciation for others' happiness, about love, about this fundamental goodness that we all share. Anybody else? So, um, unfortunately, Fiona won't be with us today. So we have a little, but we have a little bit more time. And, and Robert is going to give us his thoughts on this beautiful topic, grounding yourself. 
grounding yourself in awareness. I can't wait to hear it. But for now, Robert, can you, I, I'm stuck. My, my screen is frozen. Can you break us up into small groups? I can, David. And, um, did you, uh, did you want to stick into chat the prompts you want the folks to use? Yeah, I'll, I'll mention that, uh, the prompt. But, and, um, I also would like to mention, um, try to be aware of the, um, sharing of the conversational space. So when it's your turn, you know, maybe you don't have to say everything that is on your mind. Um, but maybe the first couple of things. And then if we get around with four people or so that's in the group, um, then you have another chance to say the second or the third or the fourth thing that was on your mind. So I'd like you to think about what's big in your practice right now. Are you, uh, what's, what's, uh, the most important point for you right now? What's, what gives meaning to your practice right now? Something like that. So let's break up into groups of about four, Robert. Is that okay? Um, yes, just, uh, yes, I will. Try to assign. It says it's creating groups of two or three participants for per room, and I'm not sure how to request for. Can you put? Is there an arrow there that you can put the arrow and make it go up? In turn, for number of rooms. Yeah. Well, I have to reduce the number of rooms to make it four. Okay. See what happens. By the way, um, so Chris couldn't make it today, so we're fumbling our way through this. Please uh, indulge us. And um, hey, wait a second, who's fumbling here? <laughs> Robert's expert finesse. I'm an expert, but, uh, but uh, um, expert. If anybody, if anybody here has some technological ability and they'd like to volunteer to help us with this in the future. It would be just wonderful to have a backup for Chris and she'll train you how to do this particular group. So let me know. Okay. I'm um, just send, send your, if you, if you have that ability and the inclination to help out, if you could send it, just send it to the IMC senior Sangha and it'll get to me. Okay. So it says that it's going to assign three to four participants per room. If you happen to not get into a room you'll you'll come back into the main room and then I'll try to um put you into one of the groups so i think when i create the rooms that you'll get a a, a message saying you're in breakout room 1 2 3 whatever and you have to like accept it or something and once you accept it you'll go into the breakout room and let's, let's say for 12 minutes robert does that sound okay you want to do 12 minutes? That's yeah. fine. Yeah. So, so that means that if there's, you have what? Four in a room, three to four. Four in a room, 
room, three minutes each. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to create the rooms and we'll cross our fingers and see what happens. So, no, I, I, I mentioned before it's, uh, you know, it's, you, you know how helpful it is and how heartwarming it is to hear someone else's share. So your sharing isn't just for yourself. It's an act of generosity to all of us. So if you'd like to uh, offer us something that would be, you would be happily received. Whatever thoughts you had, uh, whatever was shared in your group, please, please feel free if you'd like to offer it. We, we talked a little bit about what makes a good meditation, <laughs> about how many times the mind has to go away and for us to rope it back in. And one of the ladies shared something from Pima Chodron, who said, actually, Kathleen, would you uh, say it because you said it so well? Uh, unmute yourself. Okay, Okay, I'll give it a try. I'm sure someone else has heard this, but Pema was speaking to a large group and or or conducting, yeah, retreat with a large group and said that if a person who didn't know what was going on came into the room and saw everyone sitting there so quietly, they would think that it was a just a lovely, peaceful place. But in actual fact, it was a complete madhouse. I know, and we need to know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and of course we can't. We can't. You know, we just go off and come back, and go off and come back, and that's part of the process. Don't. It, it's nothing to worry about. It's just part of the problem. But just mm-hmm. keep. Just keep coming back to awareness. Keep coming back, coming back, coming back. That's the process. Mm-hmm. And by allowing that without any judgment gives us freedom. That's where the freedom is. The not judging, not making a problem out of it. Just staying with, being with. I have a question for the group, a technical question. When you were in the breakout room, could you see in the chat area the the prompts? Did they show up in the breakout room? Some people are saying yes, and other people are saying no. Yes, they yes. did show up. Uh, I showed up in a little uh, banner across the top. Yeah. yeah, I did too. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> okay, all right. I just wanted to because I thought that's how Chris put it in. The only place you can put it. All right. I'm sorry to, to interrupt the flow of your sharing. So 
Completely madhouse. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> Who else wants to contribute to the madness? Um, Gail, Mark, please. Yeah. Um, my group was also talking about states of mind coming and going, including kindness and, and loving, feeling love. Um, and being concerned when we don't feel love. And it just, or we think we don't. <laughs> uh, it, it's just kind of loosening up in me more and more that, that we can trust this background reality of, of love or loving awareness. And, and individually, it makes sense that we would, come and go in waves. I mean, that states of mind, at least, would come and go in in waves. Um, and, to, and it just kind of brings compassion to my heart to think about in, how individually we, we suffer in self-judgment when we're not, say, kind or loving, or we're not feeling that way. You know, what, what seems true to me now is we can love ourselves for feeling that way. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and not need to feel it in, in the usual individual way. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. It's wonderful to know, to really take in that you're suffering. So you take it in and don't fight it. That this is suffering. Yeah. Automatically, just like you would feel compassion for a f- friend who's suffering, you'll feel it for your, you could allow yourself to feel it, feel it for yourself. So that in that way, your poisons can be your friend because they can awaken, they can awaken awareness and they can awaken compassion. Yeah. Does that make sense to people? Let your poisons be your friend to awaken your compassion for yourself, your love for yourself. I was on a retreat once in my, my I had a little mantra. Oh, don't bother yourself with that, honey. Someone else, please. I'm, I'm Stephen. I'd like to say something. Can you hear me all right? Um, I, I just want to expand on your, your thought about returning. When I meditate and I start thinking of something, I just kind of bring it back, you know, to the present. And that's a muscle for me. And, uh, what I find with my meditation practices, not so much on the cushion, but throughout the day. And so I find that, uh, my, that muscle of bringing it back functions throughout the day too. I'm just more conscious when I start getting into thinking, I can say, no, come back. And it happens. So it's really important to me to discipline my thinking throughout the day, not just when I'm sitting. 
There's a saying, in the beginning, the practitioner chases the meditation. Later, the meditation chases the practitioner. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. One more? Somebody else? Our group um, were uh, focused more on the meaning for us, not so much uh, our, well, this is our practice, but we uh, spoke about what's meaningful, and that being connection with people, animals, uh, nature, and those things that uh, enhance our heart connection. Yeah. so, you know, we, we stayed more in the opening and the possibilities and we didn't focus really so much on, um, the painful aspects that come up through meditation. Uh, we were just appreciating that as we get older, a lot of things have sort of, uh, you know, dissipated and now we can appreciate the basics of life, you know, the everyday pleasures, the uh, uh, the connection with, as I say, family, friends, and so on. So it, it was a, a really uh, supportive group endeavor. Thank you. Yeah, H is such a teacher, realizing the futility of all the material pursuits, all the you know, the pursuits of fame and praise and success and you know, just that they don't, they don't, they don't make us happy. And we just let them dissolve more, much more quickly the older we get, the closer we get to death when it all dissolves. Okay, so thank you all. Thank you for your wonderful sharing. Thank you for your meditation, your practice. And so let's take a, um, how about come back at, in, uh, at 20 after 12. Okay, take a, maybe a seven, eight minute break and, uh, come back and hear the wonderful words of wisdom. I can't wait to hear Robert. Okay, well, I think that everybody's back, so, um, sorry. Yeah. So if everybody could mute themselves, that would be great. I I can mute everybody too. All right. Uh, Oh, you gotta unmute now, Robert. Okay. You muted me. There you go. You muted me just when I was about to to thank you for a great, a great meditation and a great talk on favorite subject of awareness. And thank you all for participating in in all of that. And it's nice for me to be back. I'm sorry that I missed last month. I was teaching a. Um, big immersion at Stanford, so compassion immersion. So anyway, um, 
it's really nice to be back with you. So I want to begin this portion of our time together um, by um, reading you uh, a beautiful poem by one of my favorite poets. It's a poem about finding an anchor in ourself, and it goes like this. This is called For Old Age by John O'Donohue. May the light of your soul mind you. May all your worry and anxiousness about your age be transfigured. May you be given wisdom for the eyes of your soul to see as a time of gracious, to see this as a time of gracious harvesting. May you have the passion to heal what has hurt you and allow it to come closer and become one with you. May you have great dignity, sense how free you are. Above all, may you be given the wonderful gift of meeting the eternal light that is within you. May you be blessed, and may you find a wonderful love in yourself for yourself. May you be blessed and may you find a wonderful love in yourself for yourself. So the theme of what I want to talk about with you this morning is finding an anchor, finding your anchor. So I want to incline the focus of our collective awareness as I look around these screens onto this topic through the structure of a guided reflection. So as I segue into this, I want to read you also another quote from uh, an 11th century Tibetan yogi named Gompawa, I'm probably pronouncing the name wrong, but I think that's how you pronounce it. And this teaching is very much what David was talking about. Gompawa says that the root of wisdom lies in observing our own mind. So as we look around the screen and see so many people, it's a little bit distracting for most of us. So I'm going to invite you now to gently close your eyes and relax. And I want to lead you for the next few minutes, for the next while, through a guided reflection. And I'm going to call it a reflection as opposed to a meditation. So whenever you're ready... If you can find a posture that you can sit in comfortably for a while and you just close your eyes and lean back and let me take you on a ride. And as you do this, allow the sense of shifting gears and settling down to be known. You're turning inwards now just for a little while. You're coming back. You're simply 
arriving again in this moment of awareness, recognizing what it's like to be with yourself in this way. Kompawa is attributed with saying the root of wisdom lies in observing your own mind. So in this moment, as you settle into this guided reflection, allow whatever is being known in your direct experience, allow it its moment in awareness. Take a few deeper intentional breaths now, inhaling through your nostrils, filling the lungs to capacity. And then whenever you're ready, exhale through your mouth, savoring the awareness of relaxation, of release, of letting go into the freedom of non-holding. Savor the experience of awareness and presence. The letting go into the freedom of non-holding. Relax into your own direct experience, noticing the flow of thoughts and emotions, of sounds and sensations. of attitudes and states of mind, all being known as they arise and move through awareness. Thoughts, sounds, sensations, states of mind, rising, passing away. No need to hold on to anything. If you find yourself drifting or getting lost in the flow of experience, You can direct your attention to contact points. There is a bird out there. So a contact point might be the chair that you're sitting on. It might be knowing the quality of support that that share provides you with. It could be something physical or it could be something 
like a quality of support. So connect with the embodied experience and the direct knowing of being rooted or grounded or stable. Connect with the sense of being safe. This is the direct pre-verbal knowing, the awareness of being anchored. Before we assign words and try to understand what it is, there's a knowing of groundedness, a knowing of stability, a knowing of safety. This is the awareness of being anchored. So I invite you now to find your own anchor. This could be a contact point such as the felt sense of your feet on the floor, something that simple. This could be the felt sense of the weight of your upper body on your sit bones pressing against the chair that you're seated upon. It could be the the awareness of your breath as it moves in and out of the body. An anchor is a place or an object that you can return to at any time to reconnect to the awareness of warmth, of stability, of safety. At any time, you can come back. Now, having identified your anchor, I invite you to call up from memory or imagine someone who's familiar to you, someone who's familiar enough to you that you know that you care about this person. This doesn't have to be someone in your immediate family and that kind of caring, but there's a caring for this person. So I want you to bring someone like that to mind and imagine that this person is having a really rough go of it right now. Or maybe this person is caught up in the throes of a heartbreaking personal loss. Imagine what it's like for that person. And as you visualize this person in your mind's eye, 
do so with as much detail as you can. And consider that it's possible that unlike you, he or she may not have access to a practice or a religious tradition for support. They might they might not even have the psychological tools or emotional intelligence to even imagine the possibility of finding a way out of their difficulties and suffering. And like so many others across the world today, their very real experiences of loss or of suffering are exacerbated by the disorienting and isolating effect of social distancing and COVID fatigue. Just like the bird out there, their suffering is real. So sense into how much you truly want to help alleviate the suffering that your friend or dear one is going through. Just feel into that desire to help alleviate their suffering. And let yourself feel into the wholesomeness of that desire to relieve their suffering. Just the feeling of it. And yet sometimes we don't know what to do. Sometimes when we pause to look deeply and are honest with ourselves, we discover that we're aware of struggling with a growing sense of flooding within ourselves, along with confusing feelings of inadequacy or frustration or burnout or fear. The suffering of the other feels overwhelming. And we find ourselves tipping into the experience of flooding. This is what is actually happening. This is what you may actually be feeling. This is what many of us feel in situations like this. Wisdom lies in observing your own state of mind. So right here, bring awareness to the emotional and bodily felt sense of the experience of being flooded and having your nervous system sounding the alert, red alert, red alert. Pause, slow down. Simply observe your own direct experience.
See if you can stay with the awareness of being out of balance yourself, of being triggered, of being flooded or starting to be flooded. Knowing directly that experience of flooding. See if you can be with that just for a little while. And please, please monitor yourself. Don't go over the edge or it's likely that you'll temporarily be carried away. Simply approach the edge of your comfort zone respectfully. There's no need to stay there longer than a few moments. You're in control and you don't have to go there at all if you're not ready to. But if you are, I'm going to invite you to imagine holding in your upturned non-dominant hand all of your own anxiousness or confusions or feelings of overwhelm or fear, the feeling of being flooded in the palm of your upturned non-dominant hand. And in the palm of your upturned dominant hand, you hold your own anchor. The feeling of warmth, of stability, of being grounded and safe, the feeling of confidence that you can be right here with things as they really are. You might actually open the palms of your hands and see if you feel anything. Now shift the focus of your awareness from hand to hand, pendulating between your own feelings of flooding in your non-dominant hand and the sense of your anchor providing you with a sense of safety and stability resting in the palm of your dominant hand. Shift your attention back and forth from one to the other. Now visualize, sense, or feel that your anchor is as near or as close to you as your next breath And it is a source of strength, stability, and safety. A feeling of love, a feeling of groundedness, of warmth, of balance. And that it can offer that quality of comfort and compassion to the part of you that feels flooded, that feels overwhelmed or unable to cope in this moment or in other moments of flooding. You can even try out linking these two parts of yourself in any physical movement that represents or symbolizes self-compassion to you. You might take your left hand in your right hand 
and placed your linked hands on your heart. Or you might simply imagine holding your left hand with your right hand, feeling into this sense of innate and intimate caring that you have for yourself. And as you do this, ask the part of you that's anxious or flooded or confused or overwhelmed what it needs. Please don't struggle trying to think of the perfect answer. Asking the question is enough. And finally, what is one action that you can take in response to this situation that would feel like an act of true self-care? And in closing this guided reflection, I'm going to invite you to consider that your friend or dear one, just like you, also has access to his or her own source of inner strength and stability. Just like you, they too have their own refuge. And whether they know it or not, they also can learn how to access their own anchors. You don't have to hold it all or take it on or try to fix things for your dear one or for the world. We all forget this when we get flooded ourselves. The root of wisdom lies in observing our own minds. So take a nice deep breath again. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to recreate these rooms. And I'm going to send you to breakout rooms with two or three per room. And I'm going to put some prompts into the chat. Let's see if I can do this right now for you to... What's going on here? I don't know why this is not. Bear with me, my friends. Boy. Everyone. All right. Well, 
for some reason, <clears throat> the chat isn't working for me, but I'm going to put you into the breakout room and um, let me tell you what the prompts are that I want you to look, start, want you to talk about. What was it like to be with and clearly see a moment of flooding without resisting it or rejecting its reality? What was it like to simply be with the awareness of that experience? And how did finding your anchor help you reconnect with the awareness of warmth, of stability and safety? And then the third prompt uh, is, what is one action that you can take when you're feeling flooded or triggered that feels like an act of true self-care or self-compassion? So I'm going to put you into breakout rooms for um, uh, about until five to the hour. So we have about eight minutes. I wish that it was longer, but that's all the time we have. And then we'll come back and we'll spend about five minutes debriefing the exercise. All right. Okay. So, um, I think that we're all back now. So we have just about three minutes to to honor the closing at one o'clock. So I'd really like to get some uh, input from you. And don't be shy now because we don't have a lot of time to be shy. I want to hear what it was like uh, to just be clearly with a moment when you're you recognize that you're flooded and you don't just immediately default away from it. What was that like for you or anyone? Yeah. Me? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Thank you. Um, um, I, uh, my partner and I in our group, both had this tremendously happy feeling of going back to our anchor mm. uh, and getting relief from feeling so bombarded. Uh, mm. I mean, we were both uh, both dramatically happy to have that anchor. For me in particular, um, I, it was my sit bones, mm. but I can't carry that with me when I'm standing up and walking around in the world. And if I have such a moment, then uh, I have to think of an anchor <laughs> that I can have standing up and moving in the world that will anchor me and pull me back from that sensation. Okay. So I want to just make a recommendation. Um, it can be the memory of your sit bones, or if since you're using something physical, it could be the contact of your feet on the ground. Something that grounds you, something that brings us back. Other people, thank you, Freda, that's wonderful. Other people. What? For two of us, um, it was the breath. The breath. The breath, you know, uh, recognizing uh, 
uh oh, I'm going to explode or something is wrong, and to just absolutely take the breath, and uh, um, and that helped. So, so the anchor becomes, as you can see, a refuge, and it yeah. is as close as your breath. And to use something that is there all the time that you can anchor to. Exactly. So. Maybe one more comment, and then I want, to, I want to make one comment myself on why this is so important. Other people, one more person. We have time. Okay, Jeannie. I think that when it's, I'm really flooded I'm, about a person, I do meta for them, and that's good for helps me. Get okay, so doing meta brings you back to, it's like an anchor. So the feeling of loving kindness so an anchor could be a feeling of loving kindness or a sense of support, like the chair supporting you. It's not the chair or your sit bones. <laughs> it's, it's the feeling of safety and stability and, and balance again. <clears throat> and the reason that this is so important is that <clears throat> this is the world according to Robert, so take it with a grain of salt. But anyway, I'm going to share this with you. <laughs> is that when we're trying to cultivate some degree of awareness, like David was talking about and leading us so brilliantly and beautifully into that experience of being, the beingness of awareness, when we get flooded, when we get triggered, when we get tossed out of our comfort zone, we do not have access to that. So learning what it's like at the actual moment where we start to lose ourselves and knowing that we have an anchor that we can go back to. Sometimes this exercise to link, to pendulate back and forth, flooded, stable, stable, flooded, flooded, stable. This is what life is like for most of us anyway. So this is a very, it's a very useful practice. And then to, to actually be able to link those things in, in some sort of a physical representation of what it's like to, uh, to just acknowledge that reality. It allows us to come back and rest in awareness and presence. It really opens the world up to us. So. I offer you that as some thoughts or some reflections, and I hope that it was a useful or at least an interesting exercise. And play with it a little bit and just see. Just notice when you are triggered and you begin to lose yourself and see if you can stay there with that feeling of, of you know, going over the edge. Just don't go over the edge. Just see if you can stay there a little bit longer because you'll get more and more confident that you can handle those kinds of things um, when they come up, those kinds of triggers, and they will come up. That's what it's like in the human realm. So I, I thank David for being the inspiration for this entire senior sangha experience and for all of you for participating yes we'll do a shout out for our 
our leader here. And um, thank you too, Robert. That was just so beautiful and so important that we have an anchor to bring us back, to bring us back, to bring us back. That was just beautiful. Thank you so much. And I also just want to dedicate the merit of the the wonderful, kind-hearted awareness that I think all of us have touched into today, that wouldn't it be wonderful if our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, if everyone had access to this freeing, loving, open awareness, may all beings be happy and have the causes for happiness. May all beings be free from suffering and free from the causes of their suffering, the clinging. And may all beings never be separated from from their joy, their joy of life. And may all beings live in equanimity, free from aggression and attachment. So thank you so much, Robert, and thank you everyone for for all of this. And Fiona will join us next week, uh, I mean, next month. And, and take yourself off mute and wave goodbye to all your friends and say goodbye. Goodbye. Hi. 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 Hi.